Welcome to the Jam Pack Report today for June the 9th of 2023. It's 6 a.m. in the morning. I've got the coffee flowing. And yesterday we had a big, big presentation from Jeff Keighley and the team at Summer Game Fest giving us a look at Mortal Kombat 1. We saw Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth. On top of that, we got a look at some fantastic AA and indie titles, some of which are coming very, very soon. And we are going to be getting into the highlights here on today's podcast. Now, of course, typically I post every single Sunday. We go through all the gaming news of the week, but considering the strange schedule this week with tons of events scattered throughout the latter half of the week and into the weekend, I thought it made more sense to split things up, talk about what we saw yesterday, and then wrap things up on Monday with an episode of the Jam Pack Report getting into the Xbox Game Showcase. That sounds like a pretty good plan to me, so without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into it. When you're going into Summer Game Fest or any kind of video game presentation, you never really know what you can expect. Is it going to be the Grand Slam, knock it out of the park, home run? Or is it going to be something that's kind of lackluster and may not meet fan expectations? You never really can tell going into it, and ultimately, you just sit back, buckle in, and enjoy the ride. And that's exactly what I did this year. And not to get too far into it, but I wasn't able to watch live. I had to work. And so I went dark on social media as I'm watching it after the fact. I didn't have chat on to see any kind of reactions. Going into something blind is a beautiful thing. And so as we get deeper into these events throughout the weekend... I want to encourage you, if you don't want to be involved in those community conversations, which can often be kind of negative on social media right out of the gate. You see a lot of people sharing hot takes that may or may not be reflective of what you yourself feel. You should take the time to just go into a show and enjoy it. Don't worry about what other people are saying, including me. If you don't want to watch this podcast, by all means, you should enjoy the games that are being presented here for yourself. That is the beauty of these events. And so for me, I'm trying to recapture that magic of like 2008, 2009, where I didn't really care about what the commentary was around the event that I'm watching. I just cared about the event itself and the games that were being shown off. That's the kind of magic that I'm trying to recapture for myself because we live in a hyper-connected society where we've got opinions flying left and right, which is totally fun to be involved in, but it's also nice to remove yourself from that. So I encourage you guys to take that time if you do want to take it, to enjoy the events that are being shown off and don't feel like you've got to stay tuned into the conversation. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. Now, that being said, let's dig into the biggest announcements from the show. And for that, I'm heading over to the Summer Game Fest 2023 Everything Announced Guide from IGN. And they have some fantastic coverage over on their site. They've got stuff for the Day of the Devs. They've got stuff for Guerrilla Collective, the Devolver Direct, and Summer Game Fest, which is the one we are going to be diving into here today. And by the way, if you haven't checked out the Devolver Direct, it is just as off the walls as ever. Now, I will say, I think I like some of the previous year's shows for that one a little bit more, but Valvi... He had to be stopped. However, it tugs at the heartstrings. Let's get into the news. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is coming in early 2024. Now, this is not one that is super appealing to me in particular. I'm not a big Final Fantasy guy, and I'm not a big PlayStation 5 guy. Still don't own one. Still waiting on that Spider-Man 2. That's when I might pick one up. And we'll talk about that more in a moment. But Final Fantasy Rebirth is officially coming in early 2024. We got a very nice trailer. And the gameplay looks to be exactly what you probably expect from the second entry in the Final Fantasy VII Remake series. Of course, this is going to be a trilogy that Square Enix is putting together. 
So if you're a fan of Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy in general, this is going to be a big one. And for PlayStation, uh, this is inevitably going to be their biggest game of 2024. I think that's a safe bet unless something like Wolverine comes along. And even then, I still think Final Fantasy gives anything a run for its money in the PlayStation lineup. Then Spider-Man 2 gets an October 20th, 2023 release date. It is confirmed. We did not see any additional gameplay, but the announcement of the release date was what was shown off during Summer Game Fest. I am shocked that this was not shown off during the PlayStation State of Play. That had to be something that Keeley had locked down well ahead of time to showcase the release date for this game. And I just am flabbergasted that Sony let that fly. But we also got the key art for the game. The box art for the game looks really good. You've got Miles Morales and you've got Peter. You've got a little bit of symbiote mixed in there as well. And they also showed off some art, which I'm throwing up here with a look at Venom, who looks really good. And they started teasing out who Venom is. Of course, it's not Eddie Brock, which is a very big deal for the Marvel fans out there. So this is going to be a new Venom story that is going to be something to follow along with as Spider-Man 2 gets closer and closer to its release this fall so i like the release date i think that's a good spot for it to land and on top of that it's a nice cadence for the xbox and the playstation owners out there that own both of these consoles because starfield launches in september that gives that a bit of a runway and then you get spider-man 2 in october i think that's a really really nice setup uh, and i'm glad that they aren't just cannibalizing each other arbitrarily there's no need to release these games on top of each other now of course they totally could We're talking about Xbox versus PlayStation. They could totally go head-to-head, but it is nice to see Spider-Man 2 has a bit of breathing room out from Starfield and vice versa. Prince of Persia The Lost Crown is coming next year, and this is a trend that I noticed in the Summer Game Fest with two games in particular, uh, Prince of Persia and Sonic Superstars, because Prince of Persia The Lost Crown is an old-school modern take, or I should say a modern take on an old-school Prince of Persia game, where this is just side-scrolling, platforming, action combat, I guess is the best way to put it, Uh, but this is a really interesting-looking game. Not 100% sold on the art style, but it's really good to see this kind of gameplay coming back for Prince of Persia because we've seen them go hyper-realistic. Of course, I believe that whenever they were trying to reboot Prince of Persia back around like 2005, 2006, that eventually evolved into Assassin's Creed. So what many would expect a modern take on Prince of Persia to eventually evolve into is just Assassin's Creed Mirage, I think. Uh, And so with Prince of Persia, they're trying to get back to those roots of what Prince of Persia was. Uh, I am shocked that a new game could potentially be released before the Sands of Time remake. However, that is the world we're living in, so nothing really shocks me anymore. Uh, But this one is coming on January 28th, 2024 to PS5, PS4, Series XS, Xbox One, Switch, and on the PC. Mortal Kombat 1 absolutely stole the show and if you were watching live they had some really nice audience reactions this year that i thought was a nice new addition to the show of course i think they've had audience reactions before i don't know if the mics were a little bit hotter or how they were mixing that on the back end but hearing the excitement from the fans at certain points throughout the entire presentation and also the verbalized reactions to some people like whenever we were talking about final fantasy 7 rebirth uh, the game on playstation 5 comes on two individual discs that's how big this game is we are talking about two blu-ray discs that are being used for that game and somebody just goes two discs it's just that kind of stuff love that kind of reaction from these presentations mortal kombat one is one that got those reactions this game visually looks stunning 
the backdrops for some of these uh, new fighting scenes, some of the gameplay that we're seeing here, the fatalities that we saw during the showcase. This, in the same year as Street Fighter? Dude. Come on, man. That This is just unfair. We are getting games that look this good in 2023 back-to-back like that? If you are a fighting game fan, between Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter VI, you already have a good year. If Tekken makes it out, you are living in your best life. This game might be a day one pickup for me. And I like the move that a lot of these fighting games are making. I think specifically with these latest entries uh, that are doing it the best. But I was listening to the Xbox Expansion Pass and Luke Lore and Captain Logan were talking about the accessibility of Street Fighter VI where you've got different control schemes that you can choose from. You've got your traditional kind of fighting game setup and then you've got something that's a little bit more welcoming. You can pull off these moves that people like myself that aren't good fighting game players uh, would typically be able to do. And so I hope that Mortal Kombat bakes that in to where I can just dive in, enjoy this off the walls rebirth, really, of the entire Mortal Kombat universe with the crazy fatalities, with the crazy combos, uh, without necessarily having to go all in and learn how to do that by a fight stick, that kind of thing. So Mortal Kombat 1 looks gorgeous. I love the way the cameo fighters are being brought into the mix. I love the roster they've shown off so far. Of course, you've got your iconic returning uh, cast members, but they're in an all new story. Uh, As Ed Boon said, some that were nemesis, nemeses, enemies, whatever you want to call them before, are now friends in the new one. They're allies or vice versa. So a lot of that kind of stuff is being shaken up. And this is an entirely new start for the Mortal Kombat universe. But of course, the one unifying factor is it's more brutal and disgusting and visually stunning than ever. So plenty to be excited about there. Next up, we've got Sonic Superstars, and this one came out of left field. I think a lot of people were probably expecting a Sonic Mania 2 to be the next side-scrolling entry in the Sonic franchise, but no, they are doing something that is entirely new, and they have a new visual art style, but they're bringing back that classic gameplay, and of course, it feels modern, looks incredibly modern, Uh, and I would say the art style is similar to what we got with Kirby and the Forgotten Land, where it has a bit of an artistic flair to it, but it also has some realism baked in there. You've got two-player co-op, four-player co-op, plenty of different ways to experience this one, but I've never been a huge Sonic guy. Everything just moves so fast, and I know that's the point of the game, but I like to slow it down, kind of take in the surroundings a bit. Uh, However, if you're talking about bringing back the classic Sonic gameplay, this game looks like it's doing it. This game is capturing the magic of those old-school Sonic games and putting a new coat of paint on it. And I mean, what else could anybody really ask for? Uh, As IGN says, it takes a 3D art style similar to classic Sonic's appearances in Sonic Generations and Sonic Forces, and the game is coming out on all platforms later on this fall. On top of that, you know what else is coming out later this fall? Alan Wake 2, which launches on October the 17th, and they gave some fantastic gameplay of this one. Very impressed with Alan Wake 2 because it takes the vibe of Alan Wake. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago whenever the official reveal came out. But it takes the vibe of Alan Wake, that horror that the original game brought 13 years ago, and it just amplifies it in such a beautiful way. And you had Sam Lake talking a bit about intertwining storylines where you've got two main protagonists that are kind of interweaved here, and you're trying to figure out what is going on in this big story. It's a mystery uh, that, of course, Remedy is becoming more and more known for these big narratives that they're building. Uh, And visually, again, stunning 
absolutely beautiful lighting in this game. The gameplay looks solid. I will say also, I was listening to the show through AirPods Pro. And I don't know if it was the headphones that I was using or the way that the sound was put together for the Summer Game Fest presentation, but the gunshots in this game sound really good. So I feel like the sound design is on track to be fantastic. Uh, and I'm just impressed with everything I'm seeing from Alan Wake 2 so far. It is absolutely one of my most anticipated games of the year without a doubt. It is undoubtedly, undoubtedly, that's not even a word, going to be a day one pickup for me. Especially considering it comes out right before the Halloween season. I could love a good spooky vibe there. Unfortunately, Alan Wake 2 dropping October 17th. Spider-Man 2 dropping October the 20th. That's going to be tough for Alan Wake. I'm going to be real. I don't know if the audience is completely crossing over there. Where the people that would be interested in Alan Wake 2 are going to be interested in Spider-Man 2. But the potential is heavily there. And so... I think that everybody that week is going to be talking about Spider-Man. I'm glad that Alan Wake 2 is going first, because if it was Spider-Man 2 drops October 17th, then you've got Alan Wake 2 dropping October the 20th. That would mean that game would be non-existent in the public conversation, because everybody that week is going to be talking about Spider-Man 2. Not that that's the make it or break it for uh, a video game success, but when you talk about a strong launch, having that conversational factor in there, like we've had with Street Fighter VI, like we've had with Diablo IV, it's very important. Uh, so Alan Wake 2 has a lot of potential, looks like a great return for Alan Wake altogether. I just hope that it gets the attention that it deserves. To hit a couple of highlights, Like a Dragon Gaiden is coming later this November with Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. Uh, now, I am not a big Yakuza guy, but this is looking like more of that. So if you're looking forward to that, you're going to get it. That makes sense. Uh, Star Trek Infinite has been announced and IGN says this is a new grand strategy game coming from Paradox. This game is in development at Quantum League maker Nimble Giant Entertainment and little was uh, shown in the trailer beyond the Federation fleet approaching the Borg along with images of iconic Star Trek characters. More info is coming on June the 16th, which leads us into John Carpenter's Toxic Commando. Love the title, first and foremost, and if that doesn't get you at least marginally interested in what this game is bringing, the gameplay might. I am tempering my expectations with John Carpenter's Toxic Commando. I do not want to get hyped, because I have been hurt once by Back for Blood. I have been scarred by Back for Blood, because I was hyped about that game, it came out, didn't really land that well. It was alright, it was all of a seven, which is not bad. But it was just okay. With John Carpenter's Toxic Commando, it looks like it takes the horror that John Carpenter is known for, where it is just a little bit off the wall, but still grotesque and scary. And it bakes in that Left 4 Dead gameplay, that co-op shooter uh, where you see a lot of scenes from the trailer where you are riding along a road and you've got a turret on the back of a truck and you're just mowing down crowds of zombies and undead and monsters. Love that. Love everything about that. Checking this gameplay out, again, tempering my expectations, but it's coming to Series X, S, PS5, and PC next year, and they say it is an ode to 80s action horror. Sign me up, man. I mean, 80s action horror, the trailer has Bon Jovi playing on the radio. Specifically a Bon Jovi cover. Don't want to get them in any kind of legal trouble. They pulled a Guitar Hero and just recorded a cover of uh, Living on a Prayer, I think, if I remember correctly. Uh, but, man, really good-looking trailer there, and John Carpenter being involved... 
you got me signed up. Then we got Sandland. It's a new action game from Akira Toriyama and Bandai Namco. This is based on a 2000 manga if you do want to check that out. Not really my cup of tea, but visually, it's built in Unreal Engine 5, and it looks pretty impressive. So that would be something you might want to check out. Pal World is coming. We knew about this game. This is not something that is a new announcement. Uh, and it's basically Pokemon with guns. How they are not running into licensing issues with a Nintendo is beyond me. Because there are clearly, clearly pals, I guess, that are based on Pokemon characters, which I suppose is absolutely the point. Uh, But uh, interesting one here. Don't know if it's going to be good, but it's going to be interesting. And this is one where you again heard the audience at Summer Game Fest just cracking up as you see, you know, I don't know, a Blastoise with a, a grenade launcher or a Pikachu with the sniper rifle, you know, whatever is out there on the screen. Just crazy stuff like that. Uh, I suppose it's going to be something that is one of those off-the-wall guys. Who got high and made this? That's what I want to know. Just who's responsible? We also saw Lord of the Rings Return to Moria coming later this fall. Uh, and they compare it to Deep Rock Galactic here on IGN. I would say that's pretty accurate. Uh, it looks like you are effectively a uh, dwarf in the Lord of the Rings series, but it's also mixed with Minecraft, where you're building and shaping these mines trying to find Moria. Sure, I guess, uh, but it's coming in fall 2023. Don't know if this is the game we need after Gollum. Not a strong year so far for Lord of the Rings games. I'm looking for some of that Middle-earth, Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War kind of energy. Not getting that from this trailer, but Return to Moria is going to be in our hands later on this fall. Then we saw Banisher's Ghost of New Eden, and this is one that really caught my eye in a way that it did not when it was first revealed at a previous Summer Game Fest, I believe. Uh, But this is coming from the creators of Vampire, and... Again, visually impressive, but the story is really interesting, where it's these two lovers, one of which is dead, one of which is alive, and the ghost of the dead one is basically working with the live one to try and reunite them. They're working through the story to figure out how to get back together, whether they're both alive, both dead. However it pans out, they've got to reunite. And so that's kind of the background of the story on it, at least at the high level. But the gameplay itself looks kind of like that third-person action game that's been really popular over the past couple of years. It looks like it's doing it better than a lot of games are, though. I'm impressed with the combat that they show off. A little bit of hack and slash there, but also a lot of abilities, a lot of magic, that kind of thing. And the environments look great. I mean, the leaves on the trees, the rocks in these caverns. Really impressed with that stuff so far. It's definitely on my list, and I would compare my hype for this one somewhat to what I had going into the launch of Forspoken. And again, not a big... Forspoken guy, not a big PS5 guy, so I didn't get my hands on Forspoken, but it has that visual showcase element that Forspoken brought. And also, it seems like some of those elements of combat are there, but it looks like, again, this one might do it just a little bit better. Now that we got through the biggest announcements, let's hit a bit of a speed round. We've got Baldur's Gate 3 introducing Jason Isaacs as a major villain. He's known for playing Lucius Malfoy in the Harry Potter series, as well as apparently, according to IGN, Captain Hook in the 2003 Hook movie. So... Little did I know uh, that that major star was in one of my childhood flicks, but Baldur's Gate 3 shaping up to be exactly what fans wanted to be. Twisted Metal debuts on Peacock on July the 27th. This looks horrendous. Um, I said on Twitter that this looks like it's giving Halo a run for its money for being the worst video game TV adaptation. 
legitimately horrendous looking bullshit. Uh, Marvel Snap is getting a new competitive mode if you're still checking out that Marvel card game. I know there was also some controversy around the monetization they baked in once everybody fell in love with the game. And I mean, I kind of get it because when you launch a game, you don't want that negative reaction. And now that people are starting to kind of fall off of it, like I haven't played Marvel Snap since probably January, um, that's where they're starting to bake in those monetization elements that get the whales that are still playing the game to go in and support future development of that game, continue making money, continue to keep it profitable. So I see their strategy there. I don't agree with it. But I understand it. Then we got a new trailer for Season 4 of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. We also saw a new Chapter 4 Fortnite, or I should say Chapter 4 Season 3, which launches today. That is Fortnite Wilds, and Transformers are getting into the mix on that one. Then we get to the big announcements once again. Path of Exile 2 got a small bit of gameplay, and this is a big one uh, coming from... Who is this? I don't know who this is. One second. Grinding Gear Games. That's right. I knew that. Don't worry about that. Uh, but this is the upcoming isometric action RPG, the sequel to 2013's Path of Exile, which has gotten multiple different documentaries on YouTube. I believe it was also in Jason Schreier's Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, if you want to give a read on the development cycle of this game. But it is more Path of Exile. Visually, very impressive. Big bump from Path of Exile 1. And I'm interested in the gameplay here. I know that Path of Exile, we checked it out a couple of weeks ago. My girlfriend was playing it. And the anticipation buildup for Diablo 4. And the gameplay just didn't stick. A little bit too slow uh, in comparison to something like Diablo where you are just wrecking enemies in these dungeons. Uh, Path of Exile always took a bit of a slower, more methodical, more realistic approach. Uh, with Path of Exile 2, you still see those details where you really are having to handle enemy by enemy. But it looks like it could be a bit faster just based on the quick little snippets of gameplay that we saw. Again, this trailer is only a minute and two seconds long. So... Dig in, check it out for yourself. You can see it right over there. Uh, but we are going to be finding out more about this game on July the 28th. Then we get an Exo Primal Street Fighter 6 crossover. Seems a little premature to announce this, but it is a good announcement to have during Summer Game Fest if Capcom doesn't have too much else to show off, at least right now. Of course, they've got their event coming next week on the 12th, if I remember correctly, uh, on Monday. Yeah, Monday the 12th. You can check that out with more Capcom news, but certainly probably some Resident Evil uh, 8 DLC that is on the way, I would imagine. Some other stuff, some other surprises. Uh, but Exoprimal and Street Fighter 6 are getting a crossover. What looks to be a cybernetic Ryu is being shown off. Ryu, potentially. Depends on how you want to say it. I don't want to anger any Street Fighter fans out there. Uh, but we have a robotic Mecha Ryu is facing off against Exoprimal's dinosaurs. That is how IGN describes it. Of course, Exoprimal launches on July the 14th, and it's coming to Game Pass on day one for the Xbox fans out there. So that's a good way to get in, see if it's something that you enjoy. I know there was a beta a couple of months ago, and people seem to be kind of mixed on it. They said it's a good time, but it's going to be kind of a one-and-done, could-be-a-good-weekend game, uh, in my opinion, from what I'm hearing from people around the community. But another good thing you could play this weekend is Diablo 4. If you don't want to play that, Lies of P has a new demo and a release date. They write, Pinocchio Souls Like Lies of P is now coming on September the 19th, which is a slight delay from its previous August date. Why would you do that? Starfield is right there. This is a Game Pass game at launch. Why? Who chose that? September the 19th, bro? Are you kidding me? Uh, however, players can play the demo of it right now on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC if you do want to dive in. 
I'm going to check this one out for myself. First reactions from what I've seen on Twitter are pretty positive. They say this game plays really well, visually looks good, and this is a Game Pass game for 2023 that a lot of people have eyes on. And so after I fell in love with Wolong Fallen Dynasty earlier this year, uh, not that it's going to have the exact same gameplay, but I'm interested in checking out more hidden Souls-like games, I guess. So Liza P is going to be one I dive into on day one, but with Starfield in such proximity, I don't know how far we're going to be getting into that game. So only time will really tell. Then we saw Remnant 2, and this is one that I'm not 100% sold on because they say it has procedurally generated levels and storylines. And I feel like procedural generation works in games like Risk of Rain 2, where it doesn't really matter what the story itself is. You're there for the gameplay, and you can dive in, and you can get something new every time. I guess Returnal also kind of brings that same energy, and it worked out very well. Of course, that's a big hit for the team at Housemark and the team at PlayStation. But with Remnant 2 specifically, I don't know if it has that the namesake to be able to win fans over inherently and on top of that i also don't know if the gameplay is strong enough to support it that way uh, i haven't gone hands-on with it again we won't have to wait long it does launch on july the 25th and they describe it as dark souls with guns so keep an eye on it if it's something you want to be uh in the know about it has that kind of gothic feel to it as well as far as the environment goes so that's something that will definitely drag a lot of people in and we also saw more of immortals of avium Gotta say, the extended gameplay clips turned me off personally from this game just a tad. It doesn't look as fluid as I think that I might hope the gameplay and the uh, maneuvering around the world seems to feel and look a little bit clunky. Just my two cents on that one. But there were some really good moments there. I like the machine gun style ability uh, that the main character has. And it was cool to see the main protagonist up on the stage, or I should say the actor for the main protagonist up on the stage talking through the game with such passion. I mean, you could tell the guy was really into it, uh, which was something that was really nice to see. So first person magic shooter. Again, launching this summer. I think it's a good summer game. I think that if you had Immortals of Avium launching in November or October alongside Starfield and Spider-Man 2, or September is uh, Starfield and then October Spider-Man 2, uh, if you had Immortals of Avium mixed in there on like September 30th or something... DOA. No one's going to check that out at that specific point in time. With this being an EA Originals title and with this being a summer game, I think this is going to be a great way to kind of bridge the gap. I know I saw Joseph Moran from the Trophy Room talking about how he was thinking about picking up Forspoken for, I think it was on sale for 35 bucks during the PlayStation sale. That's the kind of Immortals of Avium energy that I'm getting where... Eh, it's a new game. Sure, I'll check it out. Let's see what happens. I've got some time to kill until the big fall games come out. Now, for me, I'll probably be digging into the backlog, but if Immortals of Avium drops down to a good price on Black Friday, totally in. No question about it. I'm absolutely interested in playing it. Just don't know if the extended gameplay clip really convinced me to go in on day one like it really needed me to. We also see Under the Waves, which is like Subnautica meets a murder mystery kind of uh, game where you are just, uh, let's see how they describe it. They say, a new game with an underwater setting from Parallel Studio. The gameplay shown is a mix of submarine piloting and scuba diving with an unsettling atmosphere. I guess unsettling is probably the word that I was trying to go for. So you're trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, kind of has that same energy of like whenever you see videos of people going down in uh, submarines and you get to the bottom of the ocean and there's just nothing but you know there's something 
You know what I mean? Just something weird like that. Uh, so Under the Waves caught my eye. At first, I thought it was a weird Subnautica expansion or sequel or something, but no, it is in fact its own thing, releasing on August the 29th. Probably another one that benefits from that same Immortals of Avium benefit of it coming out in the, in the uh, summertime, or at least the late summertime. I think that could be a cool one that people dive into to bridge that gap until stuff like Starfield finally starts dropping. Then we saw a Honkai Star Rail PS5 release window, Q4 2023, Black Desert Online's expansion. Got a brand new trailer if you're into that. We also saw Fay Farm get a release date and a PC reveal. If you're in Animal Crossing and Farmville, that one is for you. Throne and Liberty got a new trailer. Now, this is one... I didn't know what to make of it because you see really good looking gameplay and then you see really weird things that they're calling out here. So IGN says NCSoft's MMORPG got a new trailer today showing off some epic enemies players will face when the game comes to Xbox Series X, S, PS5 and PC. This is being published by Amazon Games and I'm interested to learn more about the actual gameplay that it's presenting, what the long-term goal is for this game. I believe it is free-to-play. Could be wrong about that, but Throne and Liberty visually looks pretty impressive. I was shocked with what I saw because I think that I just wasn't expecting a fully fleshed-out MMORPG with Amazon games attached to it after the lackluster reveals and lackluster launches that we've seen them bring over the past couple of years. But as far as MMORPGs go... If it's done well, this has the potential to be something big. Now, in the world of MMORPGs, you're fighting against the likes of World of Warcraft, Elder Scrolls Online, many other ones that are out of the realm that I even pay attention to. Uh, But shocking to see a solid MMO coming out of the Amazon Games camp in any capacity, publishing or otherwise. Party Animals also has a release date now. That's coming on September the 20th to Xbox and PC. And finally, Xbox and Porsche are partnering on new designs to celebrate Porsche's 75th anniversary. Uh, This thing right here, this thing is ugly. This is a disgusting Xbox Series X. I know it's a limited edition. Will I enter to win one? Probably. Uh, This is a gross-looking design. Of course, it honors 75 years of the incredible legacy of Porsche. Kind of shocked they haven't announced some kind of Forza thing, some kind of celebration somewhere along the way. Maybe that comes at the Xbox Game Showcase this weekend. But if you do want to pick up one of these things, you can't buy one. You've got to enter to win one. And you can find more details on the Porsche and Xbox Twitter accounts, respectively. But that's your Summer Game Fest wrap-up. That is everything that they showed off during the show. And altogether, if we had to rate the Summer Game Fest, I would give this year's show an 8-5. I think that seems pretty fair. Maybe, maybe a nine, but I don't want to be too generous with the ratings because I feel like an eight five is a good pinpoint of getting some big stuff. We saw some Alan Wake 2 gameplay. We got that Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth uh, official reveal. We got to see our first look at what that is actually going to be like, uh, along with tons of other small double A and indie games too. So plenty to get excited about. And I think that's kind of how I'm personally rating Summer Game Fest this year. Is there stuff that I'm hyped for? Absolutely. Did Summer Game Fest present new stuff that either elevated my hype for existing things or make me more excited for stuff that I didn't even know about? 100%. Now, was it something that blew my mind? No, nothing at this show blew my mind, but it was a fun one to follow along with, and it got me excited for the future of games in 2023 and 2024, and what really more can you ask for? 
But that wraps up today's show. I would highly encourage you to go check out the Devolver Direct as well. If you want to dive into the Day of the Devs, that's where you can get a deeper look at some of the indies that were shown off during Summer Game Fest and also ones that never made it to the floor there. We get a look at Hyperlight Breaker, which is one name that comes to mind. On top of that, uh, scrolling through some of the notes here, let's see, Viewfinder also made an appearance. Cart Life is back, which was a cult classic back in like 2013, 2014. Hellskate is a Tony Hawk game, effectively, with one of the designers that helped make Tony Hawk's Underground. That is a ton of stuff that they showed off a Day of the Devs, and it was a very well put together show. So I would recommend that you subscribe to this channel, Jam Pack Sam, if you want to stay up to date on that kind of stuff, because I'll definitely be talking about those games in the months and years ahead. But of course, head over there, check out those shows. They're up on IGN, GameSpot, Devolver Digital's channels, all of the stuff, everywhere you want to find it. If you search for Summer Game Fest, you'll find the content out there. People are talking about these awesome games. But until next time, I hope you guys enjoy the weekend. We've got a lot of great news coming, and I appreciate you taking the time to bake this show into your repertoire of gaming podcast. I will talk to you soon. Have a fantastic one, and as always, keep on playing.